0: I would like to introduce Lori H. from Miami, Florida. Um, and she still lives there. That's where she comes from, and she lives there. Uh, she came to OA around 2010. And Lori, take it away. Hello, family. My name's Lori. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, um, anorexic, bulimic. Um, and um Yes, I, I came in about somewhere between 13 and 14 years ago when I was 37 years old. Um, I am turning uh, 51 in November. and uh, and I didn't know uh, exactly what kind of help I needed. I found a clubhouse. Uh, I was directed by my psychiatrist to go to um, Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, because of a dream I had the night before, I agreed to it. And I ended up at this uh, clubhouse that had all kinds of 12-step meetings. And I'm pretty much a qualifier across the board as, as an addict. Um, so it was basically a journey to try and uh, find myself. And, and I went with what was going to kill me first. And what was killing me first was was going to be the, the booze. Um, so I, I ended up in AA and I was just a tourist in OA for a period of time, but with everything that was going to kill me next that I gave up, I picked up more food because food is my longest running. And some part of me knew it was going to be my hardest addiction to challenge, uh, the change with, um, Uh, I've been an addict with food since as long as I can remember. Uh, My first sentence my mother told me was more butter mommy. And um, I was like, well, yeah, that makes sense. You know, and and I laughed at the time, but it's not so funny today. Now that I think about it. You know, Um, so uh, everything I gave up over the years, more food, more food, more food. And uh, up until the point where I don't know if any of you have seen this movie, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, but I was like Gilbert Grape's mother. I needed tools to pick things up um, that people use to pick up trash, for example, those little cra- glaspers. Um I need uh, I couldn't I could barely get out of bed. And uh, I pretty much thought I was gonna die in my bed and they were gonna have to get a crane, a very tall crane because I lived on the 18th floor, uh, right on the Miami River there, and um, overlooking the ocean. And I'm, I'm sure that they would have to bring it in uh, via the Miami River under the bridges and it would be a, I you know, like I fantasize a whole scenario of them having to get me out of there, cutting open the side of the building to get me out. Um, I was in so much pain that to just get up and go to the bathroom, I had to grab onto the furniture and walk myself across the room in excruciating pain. And um I went to uh pain doctors and I lived on pain medications and I was on uh 13 different medications all of them you know just making me even crazier than I than I was uh and all the um diagnoses uh from the doctors I had been to over the years were all actually inaccurate. Uh, Today I take one pill for my thyroid. That is the one pill that I wouldn't take back then because it made me sweat more and Lord knows I could not afford to sweat more Um, or smell more in my opinion. Those, Those two were unacceptable side effects for me. The other ones that could kill me in a heartbeat, just fine but don't just don't add some more sweat or, or odor to the situation. Uh, so that's where I was at. And I have um, some pictures when um, I finally started getting a little bit of recovery. I happened to wander out of one of my meetings into a Saturday morning, which became my home grub group uh, big book OA meeting uh, just because of time convenience. And I saw a couple people in there from my fellowship, the other fellowship, and they're like, why don't you stay? And I sat in there and that was one of the most uncomfortable meetings, you know, just inside screaming and crying, but I was raised with brothers and I didn't want people to see me cry. And um, uh, yeah, they came up to me after and, and, and they hugged me and people didn't normally do that, you know, and I was really glad I put on the extra, you know, uh, layers of deodorant that day and um even though i was painfully aware of of the way i smelled i was hoping they weren't but uh they didn't seem to care and they were loving and accepting of me just the way i am just the way i am and um and that was an amazing feeling cuz i i i was not raised in my opinion with loving and acceptance um, i had to look a certain way and and i I have a a restricting photo in my uh, collage of photos um, that shows that uh, how I looked when I was restricting, able to restrict for a period of time. And I was anorexic and I thought I looked okay at 115 pounds where people um, at 5'5", people were telling me, "Don't, don't lose any more weight. You know, people who loved me were saying that. And, um, and I thought I looked fantastic. Um, but I don't know how I look. I have body dysmorphia and, uh, just like, I don't know how much, uh, food I I have to weigh all my, uh, food today. So in any case, I stopped weighing myself at, uh, 289 and, um, and I knew I was going up from there. And I indeed went up there from there for that period of time where I couldn't even walk. And then I finally had uh, the spur removed from my foot and um, I had some injections in my back and and whatnot. Uh, And then I was uh, coming to OA on a more regular basis, uh, but not committing. I was still a tourist. I was still listening. I did the checkoff list. I got a sponsor. I didn't do the things she told me. But I did enough just so she, you know, I didn't feel like she would let me go sometimes. And I went through multiple sponsors. As a matter of fact, I got through the fifth step with one or to the fifth step with one. And in my fifth step, we didn't finish it. She relapsed. Um, And that was a perfect excuse for me. If my own sponsor can't do this, what makes me think I can? Um, Because I was always looking for an excuse. And if I'm always looking for an excuse to eat, I'm going to find one. Because um, that's where my will is. Uh, but I can tell you my will, when it comes to recovery, has an expiration date, um, just like every diet did. I might be able to get through a diet and I, I was able to diet successfully the first time while I was younger. But the second time, not so much. And then usually by the third time, this diet doesn't work anymore. Um so I came into the program and and uh, I also had a lot of, since my, I believe emotionally that we are stunted where we come into our disease. Uh, so that puts me at that sentence my mother told me was my first in my terrible twos. A whole lot of, you can't tell me what to do. You can't control me. So when I would get a sponsor, I was defiant. And I would be like, you know, and and, and you're not going to take credit for my recovery, you're not gonna fix me. I mean, these were all kinds of you know controlling uh delusional lies. My disease would tell me. You're bothering her, don't call her with this. It's something so trivial. It's not a it's not a good time of the day. She'll be angry with you. I mean, I'm just really a, a very delusional person most of my life and not grounded in reality. Uh, so I kept relapsing. Because I, I just I wasn't doing the work from my heart and my soul. Uh, and then um, I went to one of my doctors. I, I did have like a 50-pound weight loss, by the way, uh, that I kind of teetered around, enough to make me able to walk. And that's where my first set of photos comes in. You can see me at about, I don't know, two, 275 or something. And most of those photos, close to 300 pounds.
1: Lord. And
0: um, Lori, just yeah, go, yeah we when. might as well. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. And however you did it is, is how you did it. I'll just, uh, I'll count from left to right. Um, all right, so there's uh, the small picture number two uh, of me with the doorway behind me. Well, okay, there's the one me leaning to the Tower of Pisa and I'm so big, I was joking. And I'm like, look, I'm so big, I can hold up the entire Tower of Pisa with one finger. You know, because I was self-deprecating that way. If I made fun of me, you, you wouldn't make fun of me. You know, that was my self-defense. Um, and then right to the left of that, I've got my arm around some lovely lady um, in Italy. And uh, you, you can't see how big I am in that picture. I guess it's cut off a little bit. But uh, I look kind of like an M&M. And she's a normal-sized human being, not particularly a thin human being either. Um uh, there's a, a picture of me in purple with uh, a friend of mine down there, and that's me uh, uh, in OA, um, teetering in that that 50 pound weight loss range. And then there is the uh, uh, the part where let me see, yeah, some of these photos, a lot of photos are missing. Okay, um, there's another photo. Of, you can't even say They're too small. Okay, uh, there's the one in blue with white pants, um, of me in France there with my metaphysical group, that, that one, I was actually able to, um, keep up with them. Uh, although my friend who was uh, considerably older than me was calling it the, the death March because there was a lot of walking involved. It was a very painful trip for me. I put a smile on my face and leaned up against things like you see me doing there. But I'm also got my hand over to hide that little bulge on the side and got my leg propped up forward as I postured in most of my photos to make myself look thinner, um, if not hide behind people. Um, all right, and uh, and then uh, recovered photos. You've got my re- my last relapse of me in orange because I'm wearing the prison color there. And that is me after a year of recovery within a number of weeks, I gained four pounds a day. And um, and if you could see what my face, the misery on my face in that photo, if it was close enough, you would see absolute hopelessness and misery. And right above it, you can see the cellulitis that I would get on a regular basis. This this you know affliction that looked like I just took off shackles. Guess what? Because I was wearing spiritual shackles, I was in bondage to the food, and food was my master, and it showed. Physically, not just in my size and my misery, but it looked like shackles on my legs. So I was definitely in prison. And um, uh, and then you've got some recovered photos of me. Uh, one, I'm waving hi. I'm sitting across the table from a sponsee uh, who lives in Key West. I was staying in her guest house. Uh, There's another one of me where I've just got the biggest smile on my face and um, I am scuba diving again, which was one of my passions I grew up with. I'm wearing some sunglasses and like, uh, yeah, that's the one. And, uh, you know, a dive buddy in the back of me, like back out on the scuba diving boat, like I can actually breathe like a normal person and move like an, and then you right to the right of it. You've got me just last month on my California trip in Yosemite Park. I hiked the Misty Trail across from Half Dome, which is a challenge for very fit people during the rainy season. And and that was incredible, absolutely incredible. Through the mountain, up and through the waterfall, above the waterfall, God took me above the rainbow. I have photos where I'm above the rainbow. And it is only because of this program and working this program from my heart and soul. And a buddy of mine from that home group on Saturday mornings from my other fellowship walked up to me one day and said, you don't let people help you. And I was like, excuse me? And I'm like, I, I, I want help. You know, I, you don't let people help you. And he looked at, he said, he repeated himself a second time. And I'm like, all right, help me. Like, you know, defiant as usual. Like what do you got? Let's hear it. You know, wow me. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I want you to call me after every meal. And if you feel like picking up, I want you to call me before and and let me know and be honest with me. And I want you to, uh, you know, uh, keep in touch with me. And and I'm like every meal, um, you know, I have a food plan from a nutritionist at this point. I finally get that I can't stick to because I'm not doing the step work. Um, and that's like five, five meals a day metabolically for my issues. Oh yeah. And at this point, by the way, I'm also, uh, being told by my doctor, yeah, you need to go and have this biopsied so we can decide what treatment you have. And I'm like, wait a minute, biopsied. Are you telling me I have cancer? She's like, honey, you're, you're bleeding all the time. Uh, you have a thickened endometrial stripe, go get this by this growth. You've got whatever biopsies, So we know which treatment to take. And at that point between him and that doctor saying that to me, I went to my God and I'm like, all right, God, I watched my aunt die of cancer slowly and painfully. My friends, my grandfather runs through my family. I don't want to go through chemo and radiation, but uh, yeah, I don't want to die horribly. What do you got? And this thought, you know, almost defiantly to my God, like daring him, And this thought came in loud and clear. Go to OA, stop being a tourist, clean up your diet now. And I know that didn't come from me because I didn't want to do any of those things. I didn't mind going every now and then on a Saturday when it was convenient. But between that and my friend in my face saying, I'm going to help you if you do this, I was like, okay. So I did that and I called him and I let him know I'm, I'm going to eat. I want to eat. I'm, I'm sitting outside of, you know, X and, you know, fast food restaurant. I'm I'm driving past fast food row. I don't make it past fast food row without pulling into a drive-through. And, uh, and then he's like, okay, are you willing to do this? Call this person and tell, and, and, and go to this meeting. And I got like babysitters. It felt like, but guess what? I was a baby. I needed babysitters, you know? And, um, and I went to their house and they helped me sit through a meeting, actually sit the entire time, uh, which helped me listen too because the camera was on and I was like, Oh, people actually do this. They make it through an entire meeting with the camera on and listening. How do they do that? Well, they're working their program. And today I know as part of mine, um, don't want to relapse again program that I've got to practice listening by that 30 minutes minimum every morning that I get quiet and attempt to hear my higher powers guidance. Um, So I'm calling this guy. Basically, I've got a food accountability partner and he leads me to this meeting uh, at 10 a.m. on Sundays where I hear I'm getting an effect from my food. And then I hear all the other things I'm getting an effect from That I used to block me from the power with which to stay abstinent. Um, Okay, so my TV, and I heard it. Maybe the second meeting I had ever been in in OA, but I didn't hear it. I am duly addicted to my television, so I needed to cancel my cable. Didn't want to do that, but I did it. I needed to unplug that TV, and I needed to be abstinent from that also. And then there's a whole list of things uh, that I needed to refrain from doing that was blocking me from the power to get recovered because I had relapsed so many times that my disease progressed. And if you guys have this OA 12 and 12, there's a list of 15 questions in here. And I might have been a good handful of them, enough to qualify myself in and and tourist myself for a while. but. Every single one of them, my disease progressed into every single one of them where I would throw food out into the garbage. I would pull poor chemicals on it so I wouldn't go get it. But if it was tied in a plastic bag, I would even consider going out to that filthy dumpster and pulling it out of there because it was in plastic. It's OK. You know, Um fell on the floor, didn't matter. I still struggle with that one. And as a matter of fact, they say your food addiction isn't going to kill you as quickly as some of the other addictions. Not true because when something fell on the floor, it was was an ampoule of um, ginseng, which is expensive because my finances and my financial insecurity are also tied to this disease. I don't like waste, yet what did I do in my food addiction? I wasted so much food, not only that I didn't need, but that went in the garbage every time I relapsed and tried to recover, because I knew I could not get through a single day without food if it was in my house. So I would collect it all again, put it in the garbage, take it in there, try and destroy it as much as possible, put it in that dumpster, and then cry on the way back. You know, with part I can't believe I just wasted that much food and that much money again, and and there are people starving and such and such, and um, and then the the crying that but at least today I have a hope. I just have a hope just for one day, which is all I can handle. I have a daily reprieve based on me working all the stuff that I have to let go of that blocks me from the power for that one day. I have to follow those suggestions and I have to, I had a recovery at the beginning of last year on my California trip. I was exhausted. Um, I have a list of excuses of why, and how much pain I was in. And I definitely put myself into um situations that, you know, tested my abstinence as if I was trying to prove that I trusted my God and that my God was big enough. But my God was not, my concept of my God was not big enough to get me through. Um, uh, not with the recovery and the amount of of practicing I had left to me after my focus went to taking care of my son after his car accident. Um, my my Sobriety, what does they call it slip? Sobriety lost its importance. And I was slipping and sliding all over the place before I went on this trip. And I was in no shape to travel. I was not spiritually fit. And I will not put myself in situations unless I'm spiritually fit, where I know like, for example even with work, when I need a raise right now, um, if I'm gonna be hungry, Uh, and I'm going to be angry and I am going to be tired and then I'm going to, you know, they want me to be at a staff meeting where they're ordering, um, my favorite binge food and, and the heat of it is coming off and up my nose under those conditions. I'm not going to be spiritually fed and I, and I'm not going and that's tomorrow night and I'm up for a raise. I'm not getting my raise. I'm not getting my promotion but I'm keeping my abstinence. And I went on the California trip this year and every condition that I went through last year, the exhaust and and more, by the way, I mean, on the way home, missed my flight. TSA took my weighed meal, four flights home up 27 hours in strange airports and, and not being able to find food, but I prayed and I'm like, God, I know you can get me through anything. So please guide me through this. He had me on the phone, making outreach calls and taking 10 steps on the, on my app. Um, and he had me, he, he guided me, he's like here, and he helped me find a couple of pieces of fruit and he helped me find, it wasn't a tasty meal. It was iceberg lettuce with veg raw vegetables thrown on and just some cup of oil with some salt and pepper packets, you know? And then when I was putting that on there too, I, that voice came in clearly. It was like, that's enough salt, Lori. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I know that didn't come from me because I would have added the whole pile, you know, to try and make this edible in my opinion. It was edible. I just didn't like the way it tasted. I was going for the effect again, but I have that quiet voice that if I continue to do all the suggestions, honor the hospitalization period, be willing to not only put down my red light foods, my red light behaviors, my yellow light foods, which are my red light foods, And those yellow behaviors, those are the tricky ones, like flirting, boy, I like to get an effect. I like to feel attractive. I like that feeling, but you know what I'm attracting? Nothing of substance anyways. And it's fleeting, just like the food was, less and less satisfying, doesn't satisfy anymore like anything else that is a false dependency on anything other than my loving higher power only my higher power can fill that black hole inside me and keep it from collapsing in on itself and expanding. That is the way I am built. And I deign today to be a channel for his love. And I I do my hardest and my best on a daily basis. Um, I don't know how I am on time. I hope somebody's timing this. Is somebody timing this? Do I have time or? You've got about 10 minutes yet. Oh, wow. Okay. feels like I've been talking forever. I guess I don't like the sound of my voice as much as I used to. Um, I love it. Uh, (laughs) But I, I, um, I want to carry according to group, uh, uh, group conscience as well. So, all right. So I am uh, built with this disease. It is part of my makeup. That's the type of human I am. There is a space inside me, which is a channel, which is designed for the flow of, uh, Love to come through and out continuously. That's how I'm designed. Inside this particular human, there is um, in my lower area, in the, like the, the belt between the solar plexus and, and the uh, sacrum area, um, there is the possibility of uh, an opening black hole, basically. I don't know how to call it any other way than that. And it is... Um, if you know, gravity collapses in on itself. So, um, people would ask me, where does it go when they would watch me eat at some time? Like I would go out with my friends and they would be like, st- you know, some one of them would get angry, you know, stop eating. It's obnoxious. And the other one would be like, where are you putting that? You know, um, they didn't know I would go to the bathroom and throw up or I would go home and and run the stairs in my building and in my neighborhood for hours um, I ran all the cartilage out of my knees, you know, I had, I had terrible physical issues, you know, when I, when I stopped over-exercising and and taking laxatives and, um, uh, I, I just, wow, I hated myself. I hated myself. So that's how I felt, you know, that others felt towards me. And, um, Today, I'm learning to love myself more and more in healthy ways and with every unhealthy habit that is being revealed to me that I'm ready to surrender and that I work on practice, practice, practice makes practice. I'm a slow learner and it's okay, but eventually practice does make progress. And um, if you looked at those pictures, you know, they, they, They may read like a, you know, last, you know, 10, 15 years of my life or whatever, but they're, um, that's how I went up. You know, I used to think it was a big deal to gain a a pound a week, but when it became four pounds a day, I didn't even think that was a possibility, but um, I am in remission. I never had to have chemo or radiation. I listened to my God and I, um, I did what my sponsor told me. And it is a daily reprieve from that also, because in the beginning of the year, when I relapsed last year, um, within weeks, the bleeding started again and reminded me that I have a daily reprieve and that the cancer will not overgrow if I don't feed it. It's kind of like that that old Native American story of the man who comes to his his chief and, and he says, you know, chief, you know, there's... Uh, there are days when I feel so full of love and I, I want to help the women weave the baskets and I wanna fish with the children and I wanna you know fight brave with the warriors and so much energy and love. And then other days when I'm so exhausted and miserable and I can't stand anything, he said, Yeah, it's like two dogs inside you, the black dog and the white dog, and, and they're always fighting each other, and that is the battle within. And, and he's like, Who wins? And he says, you know, the one you feed the most. Okay. So what do I want to feed this vessel? This vessel that's built that I accept, it's built this way today. I want to feed it love, healthy food, because of my first concepts, I could surrender to God of my understanding and today, misunderstanding. I don't mind the word God, good orderly direction, like my GPS system, whatever. But the first concept I had was unconditional love, unconditional love I could surrender to. Then it became life because I was so depressed and I wanted to kill myself my entire life that um, if I was honoring love and life, um, I was choosing life. So that way it became, you know, very black and white for me. I'm either choosing life or I'm choosing death. I'm choosing to feed the white dog or I'm choosing to feed the black dog and and start dying again, Um, moving in those two directions. And then it became light. As, um, you know, I started learning about uh, things that I could do to love this body, natural ways that I could, you know, not be so maladjusted to, to life and, and light was um, open the windows every day, put on some music, get out there as early in the morning as possible and get natural light in my eyes. So I, I don't actually suffer. I'm not bipolar like they thought I'm not, you know, whatever diagnoses they, all these things they came up with. I was simply addicted to food and my psychiatrist helped me get off all those medications that were causing the mood swings and the anger and the violent outbursts because all that pain that I had stuffed down inside me for so long, Um, you know, that that black hole expanded beyond me and I sprayed my negativity like a skunk all over everyone, everywhere I went Um, because that's what I was. And today um, I have been taught. A better way through listening to my higher power, taking a whole lot of actions I don't want to take, pushing through on a daily basis, more actions I don't want to do. Because, you know, I still would like to, especially as I've been sick for the, for a number of weeks now, and all I want to do is convalesce in front of the TV with my feet up. and And, you know, and I was telling myself, oh, it's OK, you're sick. You know, put your feet up. Oh, you know, you're hurting. It's OK. Put your feet up. Watch TV. Well, you know what, there are other ways to convalesce. Um, there's a lot of literature, there's a lot of podcasts, there's a lot of meetings on on Zoom at all times that I can lay down with my phone propped up, with my feet up, you know, and let this body rest. Um, there's healing stuff online, we we have no shortage of, of uh, ways to get our needs met today. Um, we're not isolated unless we choose to be, but I told myself, you know, because I live alone in this house and I could get away with it. Nobody's going to see me. And I had a great, great camera, you know, you couldn't see usually how much weight I gained. If I, if I propped this up like so, and I kind of hunched my shoulders in like this, and I went like this, you couldn't see the extra 40, 50 pounds. And I put a big smile on my face. That's distracting, you know? So big old fat performer that I am. I finally got real and I started letting myself sit back in my chair. Oh, some of the back pain went away when I did that. And I stopped the fake smile on my face. I let myself feel my feelings. Sometimes I turn off my camera and I have a cry because something somebody said touched me deeply. And um, other times, to be honest with you, I'm still just multitasking, trying to get my cooking done and blah, blah, blah. But at this point I go to so many meetings that As long as I get my one where I sit down during, I either go to live at least once a week or I'm I'm sitting down with my camera on for at least one full meeting once a week. Then, you know, the many old multitudes that I do at least one a day usually, if not more. I don't mind uh, a little bit of that and I make up for it in other areas. I make sure I pay the rent on this day, on this one day that I get And when I'm feeling really great and energetic and full of delight and love, which usually happens after I've been of service to a couple people on the phone, um, then, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, the rent is paid, but I continue to check in throughout the day because I'm not a cordless model. I have to plug in continuously. I have a very short battery when it comes to willpower. That expiration and wanting to do the right thing, I will just go back to sleep and into autopilot. And I don't want to do that today because I cause harm that way. And I and I'm dishonest that way. I won't say how I really feel. And um I won't um I I want to be authentic today more than anything. I want what I think, what I feel, and what comes out of my mouth to all be in alignment, to be truthful and to be loving. And for me, that is one of the most incredible journeys from my head to my heart that I have ever taken in my life. And if you saw those pictures, those were pictures of me. You know, I've been to, to France and Italy, and and now I'm able to travel and keep abstinence. And you know, the that's key time. Was, so that's it. So, uh, group conscience would have me zip the lip, zip lip, gathers no foot. Thank you so much, Lori.